we welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor, challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Tonight, I want to share on what I've titled Attention, Change of Location. Tell anybody attention. Change of location. Titus 3 and 5. Attention. Change of location. Why is a location important? A location is important because anything that happens on the earth happens in a location. There's nothing that happens that happens in a vacuum. Everything that happens, anything that must happen, must happen in a particular space. Of course, at a particular time, to a particular person, for a particular purpose, but in the context of this, of this teaching, if it's a teaching, if you want to call it that, a location is important because anything that happens on the earth happens, in fact, in life, happens in a location. Is that correct? Happens in a space. Is that correct? Happens in a place. That's why that song says that a hopeless case, an empty place, if not for grace. Anything that would happen, happens in a location. Generally speaking, the quality of a location determines the quality of life available in that location. Does that make sense? The quality of a location determines the quality of life in that location. You are buying a plot of land. I saw it, a video by some guy, that, a video blogger on YouTube. Um, for a two-bedroom apartment in Banana Island. No, not Banana Island. Echo Atlantic. One million dollars. You know how much one million dollars is? It's currently 380 naira to the dollar as of today. So one million dollars is 380 millions of naira. Okay? Picture it. 380 Millions is plural. The plural almost has a plural following it. For what? Two bedroom flat. The land that the flat is on is not yours. It is in a high rise building. So you own 12th floor. That's what your 380 bought you. So for 380 million, you buy an apartment. Two bedroom flat. First of all, there was in the kitchen, there was a high sense microwave. Not the microwave oven and grill. The regular white high sense. Like 24 or 23,000 naira. There was like a, this is a 50 inch. There was a 38 or so inch TV. Here's my response. You paid 3.8 million for the apartment. That's 1%. Paid another 3.8 million for the furnishing in the apartment because of the inflation of the person that decorated it, the interior decor, because you, something that is 10 naira, because his interior decorator that brought it is 1,000 naira. So you pay 3.8 for the brick and mortar. You pay 3.8 for what is inside. And the rest of it, 280 something million, what you're paying for is the location. Are you following? 380 million. Let's take out 10 million. You are paying 370 million. Just to own a little bit of piece of real estate in Echo Atlantic. 
Why? Location. What you're paying for is the premium of the location. Not necessarily the value, as it were, of the property. So, the quality of a location determines the quality of life. Does that make sense? So, at the end of the day, location matters. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. Actually, I, know, I call him Titus 3, 4. Let's look at Titus 3, 4 and 5. Somebody say attention. Change of location. Verse 4. But when the kindness of, and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So Jesus is the sole originator and executor of our salvation. We know that in this house. There's nothing you did to be part of it. There's nothing you contributed to be part of it. It's an exclusive act of God. He originated it. He funded it. He executed it, right? By way of a reminder. He, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrates his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. He died for sinners. He fell in love with sinners. So church tells you clean yourself up and come to God. Cut your hair. Change your dressing. Bab. Remove your attachment. Take off your eyelashes and come to God. But love tells you that in your most messed up state, he fell in love with you. So he looked at you and he didn't see who you were. He saw how you were supposed to be in how he created you. Does that make sense? Jesus was the originator of our sacrifice. Next point I want to point out. Jesus was the sacrifice. Ephesians 5 and 2. Jesus was the, 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 the innovator. He created the idea. He dreamt up the idea, right? Jesus. We're saying Jesus. We're saying Jesus. We're saying Jesus. Yeah? God Jesus. Hmm? Lord God, Father Jesus. Okay. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. Two things are happening here. An offering and a sacrifice to God for its sweet smelling aroma. He loved us and gave. John 3.16 For God. For who? For who? So loved the world that he gave his son. Ephesians 5.2 Walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself. God loved us and gave his son. His son loved us and gave himself. Two things are happening here. Jesus is giving. That's the first thing. Jesus is giving. The act of giving is being carried out by Jesus. That's number one. 
Number two, Jesus is the gift that Jesus is giving. Are you following me? Hebrews 7 and 27. Hebrews 7, 27. Find where the sentence begins. 25. Therefore, he's also able to save to the uttermost those who come. This is talking about Jesus now. Those who come to God through him. Since he, Jesus, always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest, Jesus, was fitting for us, who is holy and harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, when God gave him the name. Okay? Who, this high priest, does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sin and then for these peoples. For Leviticus 16 explains that. Yeah? For this he did once for all when he offered up he offered up himself. 10 and 10. Hebrews 10 and 10. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So he was the sacrifice. Jesus was the creative genius behind the salvation plan. Jesus was the, Jesus was the originator. Jesus was the sacrifice. Yes, the gift, correct. But the word I used was sacrifice. Next point I want you to consider. Jesus was the priest that collected and presented sacrifice. Are you trying to picture it in your head? I'm trying to remember when there was one movie that had a recent, is it, is it a movie or is it a series? I think it's a series. It is a series. It's, is it Game of Thrones? That had Daenerys in it? Yeah, it's Game of Thrones. There was a particular episode in the last in the last season where she showed up in some Oriental or Asian very rich place that was run by a council of wise men or something. And then there was this sorcerer who could multiply himself. Do you remember? And he could he was he could appear in many different forms, uh, the same person, different places at the same time, but one person. And we struggle with grasping God. It wasn't 20 men showing up in that room. It was one man. In multiple expressions. So Jesus is the one that figured the whole thing out. He's the one that is the sacrifice. Hmm? Jesus. Jesus himself was also the priest that conducted the sacrifice. Of himself as the sacrifice that he himself thought up. Are you following? Hebrews 5, 1, and 10, 1 to 10. Hebrews 5. For every high priest taken from among men, please switch to NLT. Let it be sweeter for some of our young people and for some of our visitors. Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God. This does not happen anymore. Presents their gifts to God. And offers sacrifices for their sins, right? 
The priest presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins. And he's able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. Keep going up to verse 10. This is why he must offer sacrifices. It is ironic priesthood. For his own sins as well as theirs. And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. That is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become high priest. King James says, no man taketh this honor upon himself. It is bestowed on him of God. Jesus did not just get up and say, you know what? I feel like being a high priest today. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, you are my son. So God now gets up and engages the high priest dimension of God in Jesus. Do you understand? So it was, it was God that came to earth as Jesus. When they were singing and crying and calling his name Emmanuel, what did he, what did he say he meant? God duplicated to us. A portion of God released to us. When Jesus was born, what did he say happened? God with us. So this was God taking his priestly nature, personifying it in Jesus, the son, and saying, you know what? You are my son. Jesus taking, God taking his sacrificial nature, his love for a lost and dead humanity, personifying it as a sacrifice and saying, Jesus, you are the sacrifice. That's why we call Jesus the logos of God. I hope you are learning in this house. That's why we said anything that, anything God can do is Christ. Christ is all the doings of God. Okay. Who said to him, you're my son. Today I have begotten or I become your father. King James says, I've begotten you. And in another passage, God said to him, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. For while Jesus was here on earth, Jesus, see how he gets into priesthood. When Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. Where did this happen? The garden of Gethsemane. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Verse 8. Even though Jesus was God's son, son of man, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. On account of that in this way, verse 9, God qualified him as a perfect high priest. And he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Verse 10 and the last verse. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of of Melchizedek. And people are still arguing and fighting over Melchizedek. And see verse 11. We're not going to that today. Someday, Holy Spirit helping us, we'll get there. The writer says there's much more we'd like to say about this Melchizedek history. But it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull. It pains me whenever I get to Hebrews 5. Because now, in Hebrews 7, Paul now picks up Melchizedek again, but he's not, he doesn't have as much fire as he would have had if he really wanted. Oh, sorry, not Paul. Whoever, whatever. When we get there, we'll find out. 
See 10 and 12. Hebrews 10 and 12. Jesus was the high priest, right? Mm. Hebrews 10 and 12. Help me, Holy Spirit. But our high priest, our what? Because in verse 5, we've seen that he's a high priest, right? Our high priest offered. So imagine Aaron going in with a, a lamb and the blood. Our high priest goes in with himself. Puts himself on the mercy seat. Kills himself. Pours himself out to God. Then resurrects himself. Gives you the victory. A high priest offered himself to God as a single. Please can somebody say single. Single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. It doesn't need topping up. You don't need to plead no blood. You don't need to ask for fresh forgiveness. Single sacrifice eternally valid. Single sacrifice, because it's good for all time, he finished it what? When you are working at home, sanitation. If you grew up in the era I grew up, Sanitation is the worst day of the month if your mother is in town. Wash everything. Wash every clothes they have not worn for two months or three months. They're just there doing nothing. You will wash them. Bring it out. Wash them. Because of sanitation. And you will do that work and do that work. Wash the dishes. Bring out the pots. Bring soda. Bring sand from outside. Filter the stones. Then your friend whose family has helps. You know those ones? You just come. Like, what are you doing? I, I come, let's, let's talk small. Let's play small game. Nintendo or, or what's that one? Brick game. Brick game. So let's play. Yeah, sit down for a bit. You say, no, I cannot sit. I'm still walking. If I sit, there's how the tiredness that's how the tiredness would hit me. It would not be difficult to stand up again. Now you, you want to die. You're, you're about to pass out. But you know you cannot sit. You can't stop. So you keep working. Why? Because your sitting down is an indication that the work is done. You resist every urge to sit until the work is done. This dude went in, did one sanitation work. One! Said it's good for eternity. And to prove that the job is done, sir. The guy sat down. Sit down. He has no intention of getting up again until that final enemy has made his foot to death. Sitting down. One sacrifice. He did sanitation once. And everything he sanitized stays clean forever. Use it anyhow you like. Cook whatever you want to cook in that pot. It's not getting stained. Stay against the wall and put your leg on the wall. Put your feet on the sofa. Whatever you do, his sanitary work. Is for eternity. 
It's a very sad thing for a believer to not have assurance. It's a very sad. He sat down in the place of honor. Sat, somebody say sat down. Jesus was the one to whom the price was paid. He thought it up. The sacrifice was the one that offered the sacrifice and was the one to whom the sacrifice was offered by the priest whose idea it was to even do the sacrifice. Hebrews 9.14 Attention, change of location. Hebrews 9.14 Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Look at this. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. By the power of the eternal spirit. Hmm. Whose spirit? Whose spirit? No, here, in this context, God, right? Christ, through the eternal spirit, offered himself to God. That spirit there is the spirit of God, right? Romans 8, verse 9. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature or desires. You are controlled by the spirit. Can you see it now? If you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them. No, go back. Backtrack a little bit. It's what a life, right? Bible study. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you. And if you do not have the spirit of Christ. Living in you, you are, them do not belong to him at all. See verse 10, and we'll come back again for verse 9. Verse 10, and Christ lives within you. Spirit of God is in you. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, it just, it just interchanged it effortlessly. And living in you, and Christ now lives within you, even though your body will die because of seeing the Spirit, Christ, gives you life because you have been made right with God. Keep going. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living with you. Go back to 9 and 14 of Hebrews. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of Jesus, by the power of Christ, who is the Spirit of God, Christ offered himself to God. Now picture this. Jesus the son is on the earth. 
when scripture says how, uh, it is also Hebrews, it says about how he was, he was made a son uh, and a priest, not just by blood, but by water and blood. Oh, that's deep waters. Well, someday. But Jesus, at the baptism in the Jordan, the son is present in the water being baptized. The Holy Spirit comes over him in bodily form as a dove. The Father speaks from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is on the earth being baptized. The Holy Spirit is over him and the Father is speaking from heaven. Where's the vacancy? How many gods? And Jesus is not 33.333% God. Such that the Holy Spirit is another 33.33333% God. And then the Father is now 33.333% God. God in three percents. No, 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 no. God is, the Father is 100% God. The Son, 100% God. The Spirit, 100% God. The sum total, 100% God. So Jesus, through Jesus, offered himself up to Jesus. Why are we calling Jesus the Father? Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us, a child is born to us. Stay here. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Excuse me. A son is about to be born. A given rather from a child that is about to be born. That means he has a father. And the name of the child about to be born is everlasting father. Everlasting. No beginning, no end. From a child that is just about to start life. It's called everlasting father. The child about to be born. Is the father of the child about to be born. The son that's about to be given is the father of the son that's about to be given. It's called everlasting father. Before that, he was called mighty God. Uh, are we here? He was the one to whom the price was paid. Psalm already showed you Hebrews 1.3. See John chapter 10, 20 to 30. Oh my Lord. Ah. John 10, 28. I give them eternal life. Jesus is speaking. Please follow this carefully. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Jesus. Next verse. For my father has given them to me. And my father is more powerful than anyone else. That includes you. That things you can snatch yourself from the hand of Jesus. That includes you. That's why Peter did it and he failed. Peter tried. I'm not doing again. I don't know him. He confessed that he's not doing again. But Jesus already said, my father that gave Peter to me is greater than anyone else. Anyone includes the Peter. Peter was given. 
can be more powerful than the one that gave him to Jesus. So it's not Peter's confession that kept, kept him in the faith. It's not his prayer. Jesus didn't tell Peter, pray so you don't fail. Jesus told Peter, I prayed for you. I have prayed for you. Pray to the Lord. Seek his face. But no, 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 no. Jesus is the intercessor. My father is more powerful than anyone else. See verse, the end of verse 28. The end of verse 28. No one can snatch them away from me. Jesus says, no one can snatch them away from me. See the end of 29. No one can snatch them. Go to verse 30. The father. The father and I are one. No, no, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not ambiguous. It's, it's, it's very simple. John 14, 4. Skip, go to, go to, go to 8 or 9. For time. John 14, 8. Philip said, Lord, this, I mean, please, sorry, sir. We're just coming from this other chapter. Eh? 10. Please take us back to John 10, 30. Can you see what the writer of Hebrews said? I want to share things with you, but you're spiritually dull. Can you see why the disciples went back to fish? Because they were just receiving information about Jesus, not revelation. Because Jesus says emphatically in chapter 10, I and the Father are one. John 14, 8. Hear the stupid question that the people he has just told four chapters earlier. I and the Father are one. I'm not asking, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Because what else do you want to know? To know? Jesus said, I and the Father are one. You can't snatch from me, you can't snatch from the Father. You don't come and ask him again shortly or shortly. Show us the Father. You would, that's how he's doing us, but be sure the Father will be okay. So you can imagine Jesus' response in verse 9. How he sounds when he says, Have I been with you all this time? Philip! And yet you don't know who I am. He didn't say who the father is. I've been here with you all this time. You're looking for the father. Verse 10. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. That's why we said he's, we'll go to Hebrews 1, 3 in a bit. He's not just the express image. He's the image of God expressed. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Why asking the father to show you the father? Go on. Don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? (laughs) I am in the father and the father is in me. The words I speak are not my own. But my father who, is in, who lives in me does his work through me. 
Verse 11 and the last for this text. Just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work that you have seen me do. So why is this such a controversy? Why is it such a Why is it a theological debate subject? Why? So Christ is the originator. Christ is the sacrifice. Christ is the priest that offered the sacrifice. And Christ is the recipient of the sacrifice. Do we get that? Now to the meat of the matter tonight, which is very, very important. I wrote here before I go into that. His offering of himself, through himself, by himself, to himself, changed everything. His offering of himself, hmm? through himself, the eternal spirit, by himself as the priest, to himself as God the Father, is a game changer. Now to my text for today. I said, attention, change of location. All these are important, but Jesus is also the chief host of this transaction. So all of these transactions I have just enumerated happened in a particular location. And he is the location in which all these happenstances converge. Don't forget how I started by pointing out to you my nice cute stories of 380 million. That the location is important because everything that happens happens at a particular place. And the quality of the place Determines the kind of life available at the place. Does that make sense? The location determines the value that's at work. It sets the value chain for what's going on. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It just that's how that's how it changes everything. Location. 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 Second Corinthians five seventeen. Location. Some of us are struggling with our value. We are struggling with finding ourselves in earth's value chain because we are not sure. We have not come into terms with the value of our location. It doesn't just matter what happened to you. It matters where what happened to you happened. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you wonder why life is treating you the way it's treating you. You're wondering why the enemy is after you. You're wondering why life is so tough. You're wondering why every time you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, Satan comes to try you with something. You're wondering why everybody else has gotten into school, but you are the one who at 26 has not yet written, written your jam. You're wondering why you're the one that has issues and your rent is the one that is overdue. It is because you, you, you are in a location that you don't even know the value. And the people or the forces that understand the value of where you are occupying will not relent or sleep until they can touch you there. And you look yourself and you are forming victim. You are forming, I'm suffering. And then the credit that should go to God because of the understanding that should come to you 
about the value of the location that you occupy that justifies the onslaught of the enemy. You now carry that credit and give it to the witches and wizards in your village. And say, the devil is tormenting me. Witches and wizards are after me. They're so powerful. I need deliverance. Ancestral wickedness. No, sir. It is necessary evil that is attracted to you because of your location. Because what you don't understand is that because of what Christ did, your location changed. You moved out of Jibo, moved out of Obalende, moved out of just that side before third mainland and he just catapulted into the finest mansion in Banana Island. You didn't pay for it. You don't understand how it works. You just have a service department so you yourself do not know how to settle into your newfound luxury. It is opposition that is informing you how much valuable your new location is. I repeat, it is opposition that is informing you how valuable your new location is. Sometimes you struggle with appreciating the value because you, sir, did not pay for it. You did not pay for it. So you can't fully come to terms with how much it's worth. You can't. You wonder why is that? Why are you disturbing me? I'm a normal person. Who told you you're normal? Everything must happen in a particular location. Everything. And the location determines the quality of what happened. Does that make sense? The location determines. Because if you succeed in breaking into that, 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 that building, getting into that vault, it's not about who is in the place. It's about whose the place is. It's not about who is occupying the place. It's about the place and what the place signifies. Your location. Everything that God transacted was transacted at a place. Was transacted in a place happened in the location and the coordinates of that location is Jesus. He's called the host. He's the one that contains all the transactions of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Switch to the New King James that's close to the text, close to the original language. Therefore, you start to see these texts differently now. If anyone is in Christ, somebody say attention, change of location. If anyone beware, it's not just describing Christ, it's describing Christ the location. Do you understand? Christ, the one in whom you are made new. The one by whom you are made new. The one through whom you are made new. The one to whom you are made new. The one for whom you are made new. Because for and to are two different things. You are made new to the Father. You are made new for the son to have a wife. Do you understand? You are made new to God so you can be reconciled to him. You are made new for God in the presence of the son to have a wife to marry. 
Because in this family, we only marry from the family. So since there was nobody else for Jesus to marry as but only begotten son, God now went to town and decided to manufacture other sons so the family can be large enough for Jesus to marry from his own clan. This was why it was so in the beginning that Abraham married his sister. It's not that incest was being encouraged. It was the prophetic sign of teaching you yes, that the relationship between God and man is such that Jesus cannot marry anybody outside the spring, the lineage of the father. If anybody will be married to Jesus as his wife, that person will have to come from the same loins as the loins that Jesus is from. But how else do we typify this but by natural happenstances? So Abraham, marry Sarah. Marry your sister. Start to multiply by marrying within your inside. It's the same God that made Abraham marry Sarah. That now comes and passes a law and says you can't marry inside again. Anatomically or biologically speaking. Because the message he wanted to pass across had been passed across. So he stops it. Why? To show you as a type. Jesus, this bride he will marry, has to come from the same house of his father. But it does a problem. There is no other offspring that is qualified for Jesus to marry. So God has to now send that Jesus, plant him as a seed, so God can now get other children that qualify for Jesus, the son, to marry as a bride from the same house of his father. So that's why Jesus is still in the prophet of, process of sanctifying this bride. Because he's yet to present her fully before the father. To say, sir, I have now finally, I've readied my wife for. Now come and join us. And nothing can do us part. But he has to present us faultless before the father. That's the work that is going on. And just before anybody can come and steal this thing and spoil this courtship, he seals it with the Holy Spirit. He gives you that engagement ring, the Holy Spirit. Pa! On your inside. You are my wife. You ain't going nowhere. Ain't nobody taking you from my hand. Ain't nobody snatching you. Ain't nobody spoiling this courtship. Say all you want. If you go and, go outside, go and cheat on me. Go and cheat. You, when you finish, come back. I'm still going to cleanse your nonsense and I'm still going to marry you. I'm going to show you to my father. By the time I show you to my father, you're absolutely spotless. There's no question my father can ask you that you don't have the correct answer for. There's nothing when my father starts to ask you, how did you meet my son? What do you know about the characters of my son? What do you know about the attributes of my son? What do you know about the gifts at work in my son? What do you know about the fruit in, the, in working in the life of my son? What do you know about the mind of my son? What do you know about the life of my son? What do you know about the righteousness of my son? When my father starts to interview you, that interview they used to use to determine whether you're the right material or not. By the time you, I take you and present you to my father and my father starts to question you, at that point there is nothing about me, my father will ask or demand of you that you will not be. That's when salvation is complete. That's what it means that he's able to save to the uttermost. But people don't understand it. I think salvation is all done. So he seals you. He engages you. Puts a ring on your finger. And it's done. From the same family. If any man be inside the location of Christ, is a new creation.
simple things passed away. Anybody being traced has to be traced to a location. What is your location? Colossians 3 and 3. Colossians 3 3. Is anybody getting this? For you died. And your life. Somebody say my life. Is hidden. With Christ. What's the location? So start to think of your sonship. Not just in terms of quality. Not just in terms of value. But in terms of location. Because there's something about knowing where you are inside that changes how you carry yourself. If you're like me and your father's car is not available, your mother's car is not available for you to go out and you call the taxi. Even the days of bike or kada, we used to choose the bike we climbed. If it's not Jincheng, we're not climbing. That's when Jincheng just came out. Fresh motorbike in the north. You look at it, you stop one, you say, I know, Tefi. You come, you look, look at you, say, you, 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 stay. Okay, okay, okay. You're looking for nice, clean bike. Because if we must take commercial vehicle, it must reflect our status. Can't you, can't you see where I come to pick us? Your location. So imagine that you are aware of your location. There's some stupid relationships you are in now. That you have been in. That you will never have the temerity to tolerate once you understand where that relationship is happening in. There's some people you are allowed to touch you that the sight, the mere thought of it now starts to disgust you. When you understand, man, me, situated inside Christ Jesus. Me, situated in Christ. Situated with Christ in God. There's some things you are allowed to get to you that will never get to you again after today. Because you come into the understanding, not just of the value or the reality, but where this thing is happening, where you have been placed. Attention. The change of location took place. Romans 6.11. Romans 6.11. <laughs> Likewise, you also... Reckon yourselves, is anybody getting this? Yes. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God where? Yes. So where is the location of your life? Yes. The way you are currently present and sat on a white chair in Studio One at the hub and it's tangible to you is, is just a minute reflection. Of how tangible the life of God you have is physically situated inside Christ. You literally dwell in Christ. Your life is to God in Christ. So Christ is my location. So if if, if you're going to look for me. I'm hidden deep inside the master bedroom of Christ. That to get to me, you're going to have to go through 
and pass the test of my location. Break through all the security, do all security clearance, go through all you need to go through to get to me. Sisters, pay attention. You're supposed to be hit so far up in Christ that the guy will become Christ by the time he's ready to get you. The guy will become such a living, breathing, walking, talking Jesus because he has trekked inside Jesus. Are you following me? He has driven inside Jesus. He has taken you onto cold stone inside Jesus. He has forgiven you. He has cleansed you. He has developed you. He has nurtured you. He has invested in you. He has put up with you. He has inspired you. He has admonished you. He has cared for you inside. He has seen so much of Christ that by the time you say, yes, I do, there's no way out for the brother no more. I watched a movie recently, some Nollywood movie I stumbled into. I can't remember the title. One little white lie or something, something like that. About some lady who was caught up in her job and had no social life. And then her parents were coming to town. And she had told them she had a boyfriend. So she now had to arrange a boyfriend. Problem is, mom and dad fall in love. Flat out with the boyfriend. Now we have a problem. How do we backtrack out of this? Did we? No. We tried and tried and tried. But alas... John was in, as his name was John. He couldn't come out. They they realized, by the time the thing got deep, the love that they were trying to act has swallowed them hook, line, and sinker. Now, when you understand that you are in Christ, somebody has to navigate Christ to find you. And then you two brother know that you are in Christ. You understand that when you take a sister, where you are taking her to, is deeper in Christ. So you better know the way, sir. Or keep walking. Look, the understanding of location changes everything. You died and your lives are hid. Christ in God. Ephesians 2 and 6. I'm going to be done with this. I'm excited. Ephesians 2, 6. We're at Lintel level now. And raised us up together. Hmm. And made us to what? When you see twice, what did I say has happened? Sanitation is finished. Hmm? Work are finished. You now where he sat to at the end of work. He now called. So if he expected you to walk, he would, why 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 is he offering you a seat next to where he is sitting after he has finished work? Let us reason it. Because he has done his own work. You now need to walk your own work. You shouldn't be sitting. Should they say you don't just become a son? You have to earn it. So if Jesus saved you for you to earn it, he shouldn't be giving you a seat. Should be giving you a, a hoe, a cutlass, a spade, a what do you call that thing? Overall, a helmet. I tell you, go and walk. Come and sit here. You are who are sitting here. Do you know what I did to sit here? Because he sat down only after he did work. So he should have told them, Do you know what I did to sit here? And I said, You want to be son, you want to be son. My friend, get out, go and walk. 
walk with fear and trembling and come and talk. Let's talk about a seat. No, he saved you and he sat down and he made you to sit together, not after. He made you to sit together. He made you to sit how? Together. Instantly. Somebody say instantly. He sat. You sat. Hear this. That's not where we're even going. To made us to sit together in heavenly places. Where are the heavenly places? Please, where is the location of heavenly places? You are trying to make a place that exists inside a person that exists inside you. Somebody that is living in you is the host of heaven. Heaven is located in Christ. You are sat in heaven already. The heaven you are sat with is sat in Christ. Who now dwells in you? So when Ronkinoli sang, Oh, heaven is in my heart. Oh, heaven is in my heart. That's what it means. Which heaven are you trying to make? On the last day. You sat in heaven on the first day. The very first thing God gave you for daring to believe was heaven. It's a gift for obedience, for faith. It's not a reward for works. It's not a reward for works. It's a gift by faith. You believe? Come here. Take a seat. Not under me. With me. You and God sat there like this. So where is God self-contained? In Christ. Your lives are hid with Christ in God. You are sat with God because God made you to sit with him in heaven in Christ. Where's the throne of God? Are you afraid to say it? Because where are you sat with him? In heavenly places. Where are the heavenly places situated? Where's your location? You have to start to think differently in terms of location. It will change your outlook to life. All of a sudden, carnal things will no longer matter. Giving God time, giving money, giving resources, giving energy will cease to be an issue. Then you understand what it means to lay off for yourself treasures in heaven. It means give all for Christ. Nothing becomes too expensive. Nothing becomes too much. And there's no devil that has been manufactured that can stress you. No mood swing that is strong enough to color your day. 
Somebody wakes up feeling like a peacock in heat. The Lord is with you. You don't know where I am physically. Where I'm sat, your mood cannot touch me. Physically, where I'm sat, no virus can touch me. Physically, where I'm sat, no sickness can touch me. Physically, where physically, not symbolically, sir. Literally, because the things that are seen are temporary. Things that are not seen are eternal. Close your eyes, open your eyes. Second Corinthians chapter Second Kings chapter six. I don't know the verse. Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. That's just dropped. Is anybody getting this? Second thing is Second Kings chapter six. I will show you very quickly. Open Namalo Sataba. Verse eight. Second Kings six eight. Second Kings six eight. Let me write that down. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Ephesians two six, right? Second Kings, ah, they just dropped in my spirit. Second Kings 6, verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. Keep going very quickly. And he consulted with his servants saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. Hmm? King of Syria. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place. For the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel said to some, sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus, he warned him. The man of God warned him. And he was watchful there, not just once or twice. So basically, this prophet was always giving expo. Yeah. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who is spying on the king of Israel among us? Right? And one of his servants says, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Next verse. So he said, the king said, go and see where. Somebody say where. where? Somebody say where. where? What, 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 that, what does that typify? Location. That I may send and get him. And he was told him saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. Somebody say great army. Great army. To capture one man. Like them Rambo stuff. <laughs> and they came by night. And surrounded the city. Mm. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out. There was an army surrounding the city. Can you imagine how big the army was? With horses and chariots. And the servant said to him. Alas my master. Hey. What shall we do? So he answered do not fear. For those who are with us. Are more than those who are with them. Next verse. And Elisha prayed. And I pray that tonight Lord. I pray. Open his eyes. Go back to verse 15. Go back to verse 15. Quickly. And when the servant of the man of God arose early. And went out. Switch to NLT. There was an army. How did he know there was an army? He saw. But in the verse 16. Into 17. What does Elisha pray for him to do? How did he know the army was there? He saw. He saw blindly. He saw with his blind eyes. So guess what? The eyes that he are real, that he could touch, were false. This is a season where you have to redefine and recalibrate your sight. Careful what you read. Careful what you like. Careful what you log. Careful what you love. 
careful what you post. Careful what you believe. Scroll through your WhatsApp status. Select it, mute. 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 Go through your Facebook timeline. Select it, unfollow. Fall in love with these things. For in short, God is well pleased. What you see is a lie. So Elisha prayed. Open his eyes and let him see. Elisha did not say, look at this. Elisha did not say, open his spiritual eyes. Because in the things of the spirit, your physical eyes do not exist. They are not even referred to as eyes. You are either seen spiritually or you are blind. In this season, you are either perceiving spiritually or you are not perceiving at all. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the location. The location. The hillside around Elisha. And consequently around the servant. Who was with Elisha. Filled with horses and chariots. But these ones were of fire. And he screamed in the next verse. As the army approached towards him, go on. Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, please make them blind. So people are now coming. Who thought they could see? Sight was given to the one to see. And the ones that thought they could see became blind. Location changes everything. Ephesians 2:10. Ah, I'm almost done. For we are his workmanship. Switch to NLT. This first verse. First first line. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew. Where? Where is the factory for your creation? Second Corinthians 5.17. If any man be where? He is a new creation. You became a new creation because you are located in Christ. Christ. Hmm? You are located in Christ because you are a new creation. The creating of you as a creation happened in Christ. Do you understand? If any man be inside Christ, he, he becomes a new creation. Hmm? That creation that you have now become, became or become inside Christ. Hmm? If any man be located in Christ, he is the product of being located in Christ. Workmanship. What is workmanship? Labor, your craft. When you say this is material is 20,000, workmanship is 8,000. What are you paying for? My craft. My skill. It's also the tangibility of my labor. When I come and show you artwork that I did, I say, look at my workmanship. Are you following me? When we bring stuff, what is on display? Workmanship. To, to use the Nigerian accent. Workmanship. Make sense? Now, we, new creation, we, sons of God, are what Jesus is taking every place. 
and saying, see my workmanship. You are the one he's bragging with. Hey. Second Corinthians 2.14. We'll come back here. We'll come back here. We'll come back here. We'll come back here. Yes, I'm correct. Now, thanks be to God. Look at this. Who always leads us in triumph? Where, where is this triumphant procession taking place? Wait, wait, wait. Carnival. Where is the carnival in Calabar? Is that not so? Where is the root of the carnival? It starts from 11:11. It goes Mary Slessor. It goes Marian. It goes. There is a root. At any point in time during the day, you can trace the movement of the carnival according to its location. Okay. He leads us in triumph. Where? Where is the root of our triumphant procession? And then through us, God now diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge. God tells the world, you want to know what I know about how I know? Look at Ephion. Look at Victor. Look at Samuel. Look at success. Look at Oche. Look at Mika. Look at Takin. Look at Joy. Look at Victoria. Look at Seal. Because we, go back to Ephesians 2.10, are his workmanship. Anywhere anybody's talking, God is putting me on display. So my workmanship. Have you seen what I did? Look what I done already. Have you seen what I did? Have you seen what I produced? Have you seen what I produced? And then they will now ask God, where is the factory that it was produced? And God says, in Christ. Now you are not just the product. You are manufactured in the most exquisite of manufacturing standards. No expense was spared. Imagine that the fact God set up a factory called Christ to produce you. God set up a factory, an entire complex to just manufacture you, just so that he can say, my workmanship. And you chip in yourself. Today is the last day. Today is the last day. God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for every good work. Oh my God, I'm done with this. You got in the sofa. I said, change of location. Now I want to close. I said all I said to show you just one portion of scripture. Hebrews 12. Stay in NLT. Hebrews 12. Somebody say change of location. Uh, somebody's eyes are about to be open. Verse 18. You have not come. Look up to the screen, even if you have your Bible. You have not come. I said if anything must happen, it must happen where? If you must be traced, you must be traced to a? You have not come to a physical mountain. To a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, marquizo grabada, and whirlwind. As the Israelites who in the law did at Mount Sinai. Start the verse again. Israel came to a physical mountain. Israel came to, go on, go on, go on, a place of flaming fire. Israel came to what? Darkness. Israel came to gloom. Israel came to the whirlwind. See verse 19. But they heard an awesome trumpet blast. Remember that? And the voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. 
They staggered back under God's command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Why? There was no mediator. No bridge between God and man. There was no reconciliation. Moses himself was so frightened. Can you see? Moses was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. 22. No. You have not come to that kind of mountain. Attention. Change of location. Now, look at the nomenclature of the text carefully. It doesn't say you will come. The moment you were saved, because all these things happened by Jesus, through Jesus, for Jesus, to Jesus, because of that, you have come. To which location? One. To which location? To which location? To what location? In a joyful gathering, not any stupid angel trying to slap you because you are walking around when the pastor is praying. Not even the most senior angel can, can dare. It was the angels that were asking God, what is man? We, we have been with you from eternity. We have been here faithful. We will never inherit anything. You have never called us sons. These few of us that managed to be called small, small sons of God. It was just a, a type until this book came. With their issues, their plethora of madness and their chaos, you are still mindful of them. Of course, there it was, a, it was, a, it was also a foreshadowing testimony of Jesus. As we see later. You have come to thousands of angels in what? Go on. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are... Come on. If, if, if I am sitting there, my name, if my name is not there, there's no heaven. be said to be heaven and I'm looking for my name. No, that heaven is fake. That heaven is fake. <laughs> Are you for, that heaven is a lie. It cannot be heaven without my name in it. I am sat there. Just look at the book. Don't flip any page. Right there written across the book of life is my name. And my name written in the book of life is not Alexander Victor. No, no, no. No, no. If you are looking for that name, you will not see it. Second Corinthians 4 7. Put it up now in the message so they can see. Second Corinthians 4 7. We'll come back here. Put it up in the message quickly. Second Corinthians 4 7. I'm trying to finish this. I'm trying to finish this. Second Corinthians 4 7. Second Corinthians 4 7. If you only look at us, you might as well miss the brightness we carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay parts of our ordinary life. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. Go back to 1023. Our names are written 
in heaven. The Lamb's book of life is just there. It's not plenty pages. It's just one page. With the Lamb of God written across it. The word of God. In whom I am hid. Why are you looking for my name? When I'm hid in Christ. And Christ is written there. Christ is the book of life. You don't need to see my, my name does not matter. You're thinking in the flesh. You think there's one big book. And you see pages. Angel Peter. Scroll to page 365,000. Check the second paragraph in the A section. You will see my name. Nothing like that exists. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It means our persons are reckoned in Christ. It's not that there's a register. Johnny, present. Nancy, present. Danny, no! Jesus, present. With all the sons he brought into glory. With all the sons he brought. You call Jesus. Billions of us answer. Presence. No, 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 no. You don't understand. That's why, that's why he gave us the name. He gave us the authority in the name. Do you understand? When you got born again, your name ceased to matter. He had to change your name and give you his name. So when God says, Jesus, all of All of us answer. That's why the name was given to you and the authority the name carries. Is he, is he making sense for you now? Hebrews 10, 23. We have to close this thing and go home. Hebrews 10, 23. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. Keep going. You have come. See the location. Attention. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. It's not done. You have come. You have. You have. You have. It's not a promissory sense. I wish you would understand what I've been saying to you all evening. I say, so now your physical location is not your physical location. Yet. That's what I've been trying to teach you. So it doesn't matter if the mountains be brought forth and cast into the sea. You are just in the world though. You are not of the world. Where you really are is not from here. So it's now up to you to start to pipe who you really are plus where you really are to bear upon what is happening here. Are you getting this? That's the word you need to hold on to in this season. Locate, it doesn't matter where the virus is. Where you is, the virus cannot is. Are you hearing me? If you are thinking about that thing all the time, you are just reflecting your real location. But if you come into the realization of where you are really located, then you'll appreciate the fact that it's not just who I am that matters. Where I am, who I am matters. And where I am, no moth or rot can touch. In Pasikal Libra di Manduse Kada Bregedeha Ambaliskura, you have come to the spirit of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made right, perfect with God. Keep going. You have come to God. Same place. You have come to Mount Zion, same person. 
You have come to the assembly of the firstborn, same person. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, same person. The spirit of just men made perfect, same person. Heaven where all our names are written, same person. Come to God, same person. Come to Jesus, same person, same location, different expressions, same location. You have come to Jesus. The one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, not the covenant of mountains that should not be touched. Between God and people, and you have come to the sprinkled blood. You have not come to sprinkle blood, excuse me. You have not come to plead the blood. You have not come to immerse the blood. You have not come to drink the blood. You have not come to shed the blood. You have not come to atone with the blood. You have come to the blood which speaks. You have come to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. So you see, I taught you in this house Abel's blood anti-type. Jesus' blood. Oh, finish. We're going, we're going. Almost done. We're going to verse 30. We're going. We're almost done. We're almost done. 25. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen. For the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses. The earthly messenger we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. And that goes for you in this season. I'm speaking prophetically now. Be careful that you do not take your eyes off or refuse to listen to the one, capital O. That means it's not Pav you're referring to. The one who is speaking, using Pav as a messenger. Because if you don't, that's when something will catch you. That's when something will catch you. No, you have to take your ground. Stand your ground and pay attention and incline your ear to what he's saying. Because he speaks expressly once. We hear twice, we hear as many times as I need to hear. But he's speaking once. Don't reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. 26. Almost done. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, that place, that other location, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. This promise retires Mount Sinai. Now he says, I will shake not only the earth. That's what's going on. I will shake the heavens also. 27. This means that all of creation, all of creation, all of creation, all of creation will be shaken and removed. So that only unshakable things will remain. Those days, God used to fire and consume mountains. And people cannot even touch where God is. No, this covenant is different. Watch this covenant. God shakes and consumes everything else. So that sons can remain. That other location. He will burn the location. He will burn anybody that touches the location. He will burn anybody that tries to come across the location. He will burn anybody that falls and fails or falls short of the glory of that. He will burn everything. Now, he's still burning things. But the intent has changed. He's shaking the shakeables. He's shaking the corruptibles. He's shaking the temporal so that only the eternal things will remain. I'm almost done. 28. Since we are receiving... A kingdom that is unshakable. Let us be what? Thankful and please God by worshipping him with holy fear, reverence and awe. 29. For God, switch to King James, is a consuming fire. Pause. Religious people have always used this. To say God is a consuming fire, I will consume you. 
I just read you the entire text. Have you seen what is consuming? Not you. God is not a consuming fire to consume you. But to consume all the shakeable things. Consume all creation. Prune creation for the benefit of the unshakables. Who are they? We who are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. What? Uh uh-uh. uh. Who is the kingdom? Jesus! So our God is a consuming fire. It's not to scare you. It's for you to be what? Thankful. 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 You're like, God, yes. Consume away. Burn away. Shake away. Destroy away. Remove away. Because when it's all said and done, if there's one person that's going to be standing, you're looking at him right now. Oh, you better give God a praise in this room. Eba kaze tiga brada mando go de besa lengra badega zote dehe. Oh, give God a thanks and praise, like you know your kingdom cannot be shaken. Give God a praise. Thank God, thanks and praise. Give Him thanks and praise. Give Him thanks and praise. Give Him thanks and praise. Ega de hada ha. Lengo zege dere go saha. Ende greba de gada haya dos. Emba lego sida gade brahada ha. We receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Ahaha. Thank you for our new location. Thank you for your new location. Thank you for your change of location. Thank you for your change of location. Thank you for Jesus Christ, your location. Thank him tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is anybody, anybody got that tonight? Anybody got that? Hallelujah. Praise God. Before you sit, we have just a few minutes and we're out of here. Turn to two or three people next to you and tell them, listen, dude, your location changed. They say, you do. Listen, dude. Your location changed. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Was this worth your time tonight? Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give give me a clap of praise one more time? This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.